Okay, good morning everyone, welcome back. We continue here with the Gevuras Hashem, the Maharal, on the Ten Makas on the Tzachadash Bachav. We wrapped up some amazing ideas yesterday. His uh, third mahal, uh, third approach, which was the 2B in the series of warning, warning, and no warning, we talked about this idea of how the whole concept of synthesis, of blend and balance, is something that's, that requires sophistication, sophistication to be able to balance two extremes, to be able to be sometimes here, be sometimes there, and sometimes be here, over there, and there, over here. That's why there's no astro on the third, because it's not something that you can point a finger at. That was a very nice idea. And now the, Ram, the Maharal moves on over here to uh, another idea. <clears throat> and now he's going to look at all the, the ten makas as a tensum. So far we were looking at three sets of threesomes, three triplets um, plus the tenth. The, the Maharal is now going to look at all ten makas simultaneously as a tensum. He's going to give us some significance to the to the number ten. So we are on page Ration and Gimel left-hand column all the way at the bottom, the, the paragraph which begins, and here we go, says the Maharal, you got to know the following as well. When the Rebbein Shalom brought the Makas upon the Egyptians, he smote them with all the components of the world. This world is a complex world, it's a diverse world, there's a lot of different components in this world. And in punishing the Egyptians, their punishment arrives through Hashem utilizing all components of this world in order to punish, punish the Egyptians. Um, and that's why there's ten makas, where there's only ten components of the world. So the Maharal is going to explain this. The same way we explained earlier that Hashem is showing His authority. In the three sets of three, in the three triplets, Hashem is 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 the exclusive power over the below ground habitat, above ground habitat, and above above ground habitat, the sky habitat. Hashem is in charge everywhere. Not Paro. So too, the Rebbeinu is sending makas, this makas of fury and destruction upon Egypt from all the various components of the world, all the building blocks of the world. So again, there's two different ideas. One is the where of the world, and the other is the what of the world, the where and the what. So the first approach that Maharal gave us was that the Rebbein Shalom has to show Paro that he's in charge of the where, the where of the world. Where, there's three wheres. There's the below ground, subterranean, that's that's for the Akinim, that's bodies of water and, and the ground and dirt and dust. There's the above ground. Hashem is in charge. There's the sole exclusive authority above ground. That is Adash. That's the habitat where man and animals live. And there is the, the display of HaKadosh Baruch showing Paro that he is the exclusive authority and not Paro in the, the uh, heavenly region, the sky habitat, the sky zone. And that was Ba'ach. Ba'ach Bard Arben Choshech. That's the where. This is the first set of, of explanations that the Maharal gave us was the Rebbein Shem Shong Paro, that he's the sole authority in the where. Now, we are moving on from the where to the what. The world is composed of basic building blocks. The world is composed of basic elemental forces that, that, um, that, that go into the, everything that the world is, about, is made out of, and that's the what of the world. The Rebbein Shem Shong Paro, that not only he's the sole authority in the where, he's the sole authority in the what, the basic building blocks of this world are ten. There's ten basic components, ten basic building blocks. 
Um, where's the Maral getting that from? How does the Maral know that? What's the source of it? This is 10. Why 10? Vehem says the Maral that, that parallel is parallel and shows up in what? Those are the 10 basic building blocks that were created during the six days of creation. In six days of creation, we have 10 building blocks. How do we get 10 building blocks in six days? These are the famous 10 utterances. Hashem created the world with 10 utterances. The 10 utterances that Chazal referred to that Hashem created the world with 10 statements. 10 statements. Uh, if you look through, it says, Vayemer Lakim only nine times. Hashem said, Hashem said, there seem to be only nine statements. Maral tells us again, Chazal's, Chazal's understanding of this, Ki Vereshes Gamke Maimer, who Vereshes Bara Lakim, the first line of the Torah, in the beginning Hashem created, is also a statement, Ki Isa Meseches Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah says that Vereshes is also a statement. Yeah, okay, so, so, so before we go on, Maral's, beginning another very grand and, and far-reaching idea over here, that uh, the ten makas <coughs> parallel the ten statements with which Hashem created the world. Hashem creates the world with ten statements. And that's why you have ten makas. What's the significance of, seems to be a bit arbitrary, ten statements, the ten makas, the I don't know. Because no? the statements were creation, the makas are destruction, no? Sort yeah, we'll get there. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. You're a little you're a little ahead of us. No, so it seems like it, sh- it should be the opposite. You're asking a cashier, you mean? Right. Uh, good. Okay. So 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 Yisrael Reber, um, Yisrael, how Yisrael Reber is asking a question. Um, aside from the fact that it's arbitrary, the ten statements that create the world, the Makas are ten acts of 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 uh, uncreation. Uncreation. We're uncreating things. We're destroying. Uh, this is a bit funny that you would use the ten, the, the, those, those, those ten uh, maimaris, which are there for constructive purposes, creative purposes, creational purposes. Use them for destructive purposes. Excellent question. Like if anything, you know, um, as we said, at first glance, it seems a bit arbitrary. Hashem creates the world with ten statements, so that will be the magic number for the maximum rhyme. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, you know, uh, what, what about the the, the seven sprinklings that the kind God does in Yom Kippur with the blood. So maybe there should be seven makas because the kind God sprinkled the blood seven times. Or Yaakovina had 12 children plus uh, a daughter. Maybe there should be 12 makas, 13 makas. You know, there were, there were 70 Jews that went down to Egypt. Maybe there should be 70 makas. Or if we're going to look for something destructive, right? Something destructive. We want to give it the amount of makas, which are destructions, destructive Exodus rhyme. So maybe find something destructive. To, to parallel against the, the, the four levels of the klipa, right? So we should have four makas because of the klipa, because of the sitra achra. Or you really want to have the makas correspond to, to something destructive. So you take someone in the room, such as myself, ask him, how many kids do you have? Aha, that's how many acts of destruction you have in your house, how many destructive entities you have in your house. So you should make the amount of makas to parallel your kids. The destruction with destruction, right? So, so what's the chat that we're, that, that's a good question to put together. grandkids. With, with, with the other question, that why is this number 10, why is this the magic number, my Mari Boratius, why is that the magic number, and why destruction with construction? So, so there's, there's two ideas over here. One is the one that we, we briefly mentioned, which is, let's return to that, it's 
about the Rebbeinu showing Paro his authority, and it returns us to the first, the first discussion, which is Ashir Lashem ki ga'oi ga'a when we have the, the, the final display of Hashem's might um, in the Exodus, which is Kriyas Yamsuf, which is the Jews making the aside and the Egyptians being drowned, we, say, we, we, we sing to the Rebbeinu Shalolam. We all sing to the Rebbeinu Shalolam and we say, you are the mightiest of the mighty. And as we mentioned this before, as the Targum Unkla says over there, you, are a more, you have more gaiva than the biggest Bali gaiva. Leaving Egypt and the Maccas was about toppling Paro from his high horse, from his throne, of, of, of uh, pride, of hubris, of gaiva, and showing him that, you know, you're not in charge, you, you don't have the authority, the Rebbeinu has the authority, okay? Um, so that's why, as, as, as a, an additional, um, additional um, aspect of that process of showing the power, you're not in charge, you don't have authority, Hashem has authority, so we're taking... The 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 the, the uh, Mamaras. In other words, there's ten. Why, why are there ten statements in creating the world? Well, let's take a step back. There's ten statements in creating the world because the world, with all its complexities and diversities, has ten basic can can be whittled down to ten basic elements, ten basic building blocks, um, of which everything is is a, a combination and a, um, a permutation and combination of any of those 10 building blocks, 10 basic concepts, 10, ten basic diverse elements. That's how Hashem creates the world. And <clears throat> if that's how Hashem creates the world, it means the world basically stands upon, is a combination of 10 elements. There's 10 elements, and, and, and that's how you create a world, and that's how you maintain and govern the world, therefore, by extension, if you want to maintain the world, if you want to govern the world, if you want to be in charge of the world, you have to be in charge of those 10 elements. So Paro, in his, in his um, challenge and his affront of God's authority, is essentially claiming that he's also in charge of those ten elements. If he's in charge of the world, he's in charge as well. He has authority and power over the ten elements. He can maintain them and he can govern them. By the Rebbeinu Shalalim, using them against Paro, yes, it's destruction where they were originally used for construction, but we're showing Paro that, that um, not only the, you're not in charge of the world, you're not a godly agent, a figure, a agency. You're not in charge of the world, you're not in charge of these elements. How much you're not in charge, these elements will be used against you. These elements can and will be used against you. That's the greatest display of Paro not being in charge of the world. Okay? So yes, it's true. It's, they were originally used, the statements were used to construct, create a world. Now they're using to decreate, to uncreate, to destroy Egypt and Paro and his, and his nation, but that's about showing, that's really the greatest way of showing Paro that you're really not in charge. You're really not in charge of the world. We'll take the what, all the what's, and there's 10 what's, this is a 10 what world, and we will show you, Paro, that you're so not in charge that we're going to use all the, God can use all the what's against you. Let, let's see you fight back. Let's see you assert your authority now. You, you believe you're in charge of the world, so that you're in charge of the 10 elements of the world. Let's see you stop the Rebbeinu using those ten elements against you. So that answers immediately why we're using the number ten. Uh, why, why, why we're using the, the ten statements, rather, and why it's not arbitrary. It's not just like a random number that we grabbed onto, and why we're meeting construction with destruction. Again, because the idea is the world is created through ten basic 
elements and the world is, therefore is maintained and governed and run through these elements and we're showing Pyro just how much he's not in authority. We're going to use the world that you claim to be in charge of, we're going to use it against you. There's another idea going on over here as well, another deeper idea before we go on in the morale. The morale for now, for, for the next, uh, he's going to go now at length to show us how each of the Makkas parallels specifically another one of the ten statements, another one of the ten utterances. Very interesting. He's going to show us how they line up. Before we get into that, give, to give one more um, intro, you know, uh, 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 introductory background idea over here as to why there is this significance and why this connection is being made between the ten statements of creation and the ten Makkas. So the first idea is again the what's. This is going to be a, a, a ten what destruction, 10-watt campaign against Paro to show Paro that he is absolutely not in charge. But the second level is, and this is um, alluded to here in the Maharal, is that we want to not just show Paro, but we want to to um, we want to expose expose what has been going on in Egypt under Paro's leadership. It's exposing what Paro did to Egypt and to himself. Meaning, so there's a very, very deep idea going on over here and why the ten Makkas are paralleling and correlating to the ten statements of creation. And the deep idea is as follows. Um, anytime, anytime someone does anything against God, Anytime anyone does an Aveira, does something that Hashem does not approve of, does something that Hashem told him not to do, you are creating a certain spiritual damage to the, the, the fabric of existence. You are. This world was created to, to um, be a display of God's will. This world is created for us who have free will, to use our free will to make a display and demonstration constantly of that Hashem's will is supreme, Hashem's will is the one and only will, there's nothing but Hashem's will. That's what this world is here for, that's what this world is all about. When we use ourselves and use our resources and use this world to, to carry out Hashem's will, so the, the world has achieved this fulfillment, this is the, the Derech Hashem ideas, right? We had all this in Derech Hashem. Good. But when a person does the opposite, and he does something against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, something that Hashem doesn't want, he does... He works on Shabbos. He cheats in his business practices. He lies to people. He pushes old ladies in front of trucks. Things like that, right? He does things that Hashem doesn't want. Hashem says you're not allowed to do any of these things. So you're using yourself and the world and all your resources to, to take this world, which is Hashem's world, and go against Hashem and try to, try to make a statement of something which is antithetical to Hashem, against Hashem, the opposite of Hashem. And that is, is damaging the world. That rips holes in the fabric of this world because it's a world that's supposed to, is only there to be a clea, uh to contain godliness and Hashem's will. And you're doing the very opposite. You're, you're creating damage. You're creating damage. Now, we have different ways of repairing that damage. We can repair the damage ourselves through tshuva, and that repairs the damage. Or the damage can be repaired in spite of us through chashom, that person suffering. And that's the concept always of Mita Kenega Mita. Mita Kenega Mita is, if you created damage to this world, i.e., you ripped a, a, a hole in this world where Hashem said to, to, to do one thing. Hashem said, not to say Lashon Hara. So use my mouth 
and use my resources, use my, use my relationships to only say nice things about Yidin, to only give compliments to Yidin, to speak favorably about Yidin, and, and then I bring godliness into the world through my mouth, through the environment, through my relationships. And I do the opposite. I, I slander people, I say lush and horror about people, so I'm using my mouth and the world and my relationships to create a void, create a gaping hole, to create damage in this world. If I'm not going to do tshuva on that and repair that hole myself, the hole's going to have to be repaired in spite of me by my involvement having to suffer chas v'shalom as a result of, of the suffering that I create in the world. The damage that I create in the world can't go unanswered, can't go unaddressed. The damage is going to have to come back to the person himself. So if in this area I was able to show, I was able to um, allegedly, purportedly make a statement that yes, you can use your mouth to speak, to say things that God doesn't want, and you can use your relationships to do things that God doesn't want you to do, I, uh, it has to be shown to me into the world to no, know you're absolutely wrong. You cannot. And we're going to repair the damage in spite of you. A person will have to suffer in the same area where he created that hole, that void. He'll have to suffer something that has to, is connected to the Lushan Har that he said. He's going to have to suffer this in an area related to his, 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 um, his um, unscrupulous business practices. He'll have to suffer in an area that's connected to keeping Shabbos because of the damage that he created and not keeping Shabbos. Everybody understand? That's always the idea of me to connect Mitzrayim created damage on a universal level. Mitzrayim created damage on a global level. On a level of the entirety of this world and everything in it. That's how far Mitzrayim went. Mitzrayim, as led by Paro, they have a campaign against godliness in the entire world. How do they do that? By enslaving Kla Yisrael. Kla Yisrael are here. We're the ones with that mission to bring harmony and tikkun and repair to the entire world. Paro makes it his business to keep Klai Yisrael part of Mitzrayim, to keep Klai Yisrael in a state of Tumah, to keep Klai Yisrael as a guy, big care of guy, not me care of guy. He wants Klai Yisrael to be there in the Kishkas of Mitzrayim. He wants Klai Yisrael just to be a part of Mitzrayim. He wants to prevent Klai Yisrael from their mission of global, global repair. And he wants to replace God. The ideal is that there should be one nation indivisible under God, and that's Klai Yisrael doing, doing godly things, and Paro wants to keep Klai Yisrael part of Egypt, and he wants to make himself replace God. So Paro, in effect, by doing this, has created damage on a global level, universal level. All across the board, from A to Z, from A to Z, from Aleph to Tuf, from, what's the first letter of the Russian alphabet? What? Ah, ah that's right, and what's the last one? Yeah. Yeah? Exactly. From Atiyah. He wants to damage, the, he wants to create havoc from Atiyah, and he did. From A to Z, from Aleph to Tuf. What's yeah. the first letter of the Yiddish language? The Yiddish alphabet, Aleph and Tuf also, I guess. I don't know. They don't have their own alphabet. Um, they don't have their own language. They have their own language. Yiddish is a language. Mm. It's a language. It's a language. Look it up. Anyway. Is that a Google Translate? That's oh, right. It makes it official. Difficult, right? Yeah, <laughs> but the Swedish chef is also there. You know that? <coughs> What's it? I'll tell you later. Anyway, <laughs> um, so so Paro I'll tell you later. is creating damage on a global, universal level. He has ripped f- holes and gaping voids in the fabric of existence, spiritual fabric of spiritual existence, from A to Ya, from Aleph to Tuf, from A to Z. The Mita Kanegamita is the Paro and Mitzrayim have to suffer from A to Z. In other words, he's been Mikalkel. Paro has ruined, 
he has caused destruction, damage. He has caused damage and chaos and havoc to the entire world and therefore the entirety of the full range of, of, of the ten statements. From Horatius all the way to uh, all the way to um, um, the final one, which is Nisati Lachem Kol Eitzah Sod, something like that. The final statement that Kadosh Baruch Hu tells everyone what what you know gives everyone foodstuffs, gives everyone sources of nutrition from beginning to the end, from Aleph to Tav, from A to Z. Paro has challenged and wreaked havoc on all ten statements, because he's trying to kick God out of all ten statements. He's trying to suppress Kleisro, whose mission is to bring godliness to the world in the full range of all ten statements. Therefore, power and Mitzrayim have to be punished across the entire range of all ten statements. And that's why we need ten makas to make a tikkun to repair the damage the power has created over the entirety of the universal global destruction that he has wrought. Okay, so there's two levels going on why it's ten. Two beautiful ideas. One is, the first one is, it's Hashem showing Paro, you're not in charge of everything. I'm in charge of the same way we showed Paro, Hashem is in charge of all the wares. We have to show Paro that Hashem is in charge of all the what. But second of all, Mita Kanegimita, Paro Mitzrayim have to suffer through the entirety of all the elements that go into creation because Paro is making, a, is making damage to all the levels of creation in enslaving Kleisra, keeping Kleisra from their mission and trying to replace the God of the Jews with being the god of the Egyptians, and the Jews are essentially going to remain Egyptian. That's what he wants. Yes? So your statement from earlier where a person does tshuva and it kind of... Repairs the damage repairs, on its own. So technically, they can avoid... Paro could have done tshuva. We, we tried that. We tried that ten times. I understand, but then at the same at the same notion, we know that Hashem hardened Paro's heart. So granted, he didn't have to go to the extremes that he did, but maybe the hardening prevented him from actually doing the tshuva. So you're asking like a related question, but it's not a question on, on what we're learning right now. You're asking an age-old question, which is a good question, which is how can you take Paro's free will away from him? No, and it, hold wasn't, him it, wasn't, it wasn't the far, Paro's free will. It was the fact that he... The, the repairing, does that only go towards Jews or non-Jews as well? Generally only Jews, but we made an exception for Paro. Hashem was willing to let Paro do tshuva. There are cases here and there where we let going do tshuva. Generally, we don't let going do tshuva. Generally, we don't, but there have been exceptions. This is one, Ninveh, right, with Yonah was another right, one. Right. This actually was Paro over there, too. Would, no, so maybe I asked. The tearing or the damaging to this world, the kli. The, the, yes, the, yes, the yeah, excellent, yes. So non-Jews have the potential to damage the kli as well? That's what I'm asking. They do under um, certain situations. That's an excellent question. Can a guy through his Bechira damage the spiritual existence of this world? Right. It depends who he is. In general, he can't, but if he's a guy that is representative of a nation, and he, then he can be, by making a statement of what this nation represents. And that's what happened by Paro. And that's what happened by Paro. Got it. Okay. So a, a guy generally cannot. Guy can damage the. He's limited by, you know, where he lives, which is down here. Generally, he cannot create spiritual damage, directly. But a guy who is representative of an um of a nation, can decide what that nation stands for. And all the seventy nations can decide if they're going to, you know, be with God or be against God. Are they part of God's mission or not? They're going to thwart God's mission. So, the power does have the ability to do that. Okay. Um, but that, that excellent question. Excellent question. You heard that. Stan asking, asking an excellent question. 
We're keeping track of how many excellent questions he's asked uh, th- thus far, this, so far this month. Anyone keeping? I'm sure you're keeping track. Daniel said there was a plaque somewhere. I thought, no, remember? <laughs> yeah, or a Toro. Each time you ask that question, that's another thousand uh, dollars there. Okay. Anyway, let's go on. U.S. <laughs> okay. So that's beautiful. That's a beautiful intro. So now let's see one by one, step by step, how the ten makas parallel the ten statements. So the Maral begins by sort of explaining almost apologetically that they're not going to go in order. Now it's interesting, so the Vilna Goyne actually, the Vilna Goyne also makes this parallel. The ten statements uh, correspond to the ten makas. And the Vilna Goyne does make them in order. He makes them in reverse order. The Vilna Goyne has a whole piece where he tells us that Makas Bechairus is goes back to the first statement, and the second Chayshech is the second statement. The, you know, the tenth is the first, and the eight, ninth is the second, and the eighth is the third. He makes them go in reverse order. That the Makos, like Dam, is is there for the the final statements. The final statements. They, they went in reverse order. That, that's the Vilna Gaon's approach. He, he has a similar idea to the Maral over here, that the ten makas parallel the ten statements. What? The Asar Maral is the ten statements that Hashem creates the world with. The Bereshis. We're going to go through them now. But the Maral is going to believe they don't go in order. The Maral, instead of trying to make them go in order, reverse order, like the Vilna Gaon, he, he goes more with the Pashas. Let's see. Um, we're three lines down, the right hand column, page Ration and Dalit. These are the ten statements that Hashem uses to create the world. Okay, we read this already, we're going to do this again. Now he apologizes. Even though, yes, if you pay attention, the Makos are not going to follow strictly the order of the statements. But that's because that the Makos have to follow a specific order. The Makos have to go. Why, why is it that they're not in order of the statements of creation? Because the Makos have to have a certain structure. What's the structure the Makos have to come in? This is the Maral tells all the way in the beginning of this piece. When we are beating up Paro, we're always going up. The Makas have to be ascending, have to be going in ascending order of severity. They'll be going upwards in severity. Doesn't make sense to start with the most severe and then go down in, in, in order because we're trying to still allow Paro to do tshuva. So you start with a, with a light patch and then you give, if they, 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 they don't listen when you give them a, a tap, then you give them a, 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 you know, more than a tap, then you give them a, a slap. They don't listen with a slap, you give them a wallop. You have to give them a wallop. So we have to go also with the punch. It's rhyme from a tap to a slap to a wallop. <laughs> what happened to the punch to the wallop? Wallop is a hard Yeah, punch. I skipped. I skipped all the way to the wallop. Yeah. yeah. Why are yeah. we yeah. doing the, the statements? What was the reason to do it backwards? That's the Vilna Goyne. That's the Vilna Goyne. <clears throat> Vilna Goyne says that they went backwards because the statements, Hashem's statements, Start with the highest and go down to the lowest. The statements that Hashem created the world with. They start. The first statement is the one that's closest to Hashem. It's because Hashem just barely is creating the world yet. 
So the first statement of creation, you're asking about the Vilna Gaon that I mentioned. The Vilna Gaon says they went in reverse order, yes. Because the first statement of creation is the one that's closest to God. Uh, okay. It's the most basic, right? Close Hashem. The world is, is, is uh, just beginning to exist. So the, the world is still very pure and still very, um, you know, unified. So it's much closer to Hashem than we go as the statements... As we add on more and more statements, we're going downward, wow. descending from Hashem. The world's getting more complex, taking on more form, and is, is distancing itself from God. So the final statement is the one that's the furthest away from God. So that's where the first makkah, which is the lightest makkah, is going to be the one that's the, paralleling the, the statement that's the furthest away from Hashem. And, and the tenth makkah is the one that's the closest to Hashem. Yeah, that's, that, that's the claims of the guide. Um, okay, so says the Maharal, the makkahs have to go in order of severity. We go from lightest to most severe. Um... So when it comes to the Makkahs, we have to order them and structure them in terms of least severe to most severe. And with, with the um, statements, we're talking about creating the world, the, the, the complexities, taking on more and more complexities, as we just mentioned. So that's why you have two different orders. In any case, says the Ma'arau. Each of the Makkahs does parallel another one of the ten statements. Um, and from this point on, he's going to go one by one how each of the Makkahs parallels one of the ten statements. And I think this makes a very good place to stop, to hit the pause button, and we will continue with Hashem tomorrow. Tomorrow's what? Thursday? I think tomorrow may be our last day. I'm not sure. We're going to, we'll for sure still have Maral Thursday. We may also have Friday. We'll see. We'll see. Um, um, but in any case, tomorrow we'll go on. We'll see how they, they line up. He's going to put the 10 against the 10. Sure. Yeah. All that and more tomorrow. What's the next uh, pre-